When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt-Bernard. Alex is not here. Dave Schrader's not here. Ah, uh, yeah. Alex still has a sick kid. And Dave Schrader still has a sick mind. There you go. Ah, poor Dave. Dave. Dave was in yesterday because it was National Paranormal Day. What is it? Paranormal? Paranormal. 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 What tells the difference? Okay. In his stead, usually on Tuesdays, switching to Wednesdays, we'll be right back with Timmy Lammers and the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it, and what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain at... Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey folks, it's Brian Zepp, and spring is finally here. If you're like me, you're seriously ready for some wind therapy. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, I argued against it. I didn't want Lammers on, but Catherine uh, insisted, so here he is. Typical. Absolutely. Lamb mental. Uh, he should be on. Timmy. I think your mic might be muted, Tim. Timmy Crack Corn. Unmute. Lame mental. Can you demute? Lamarama ding dong. Mm-hmm. Um, bum, bum, do, 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 do. How about now? There, there he is. You are. 
are. Much better. Uh, it's the volume. You know, people always pushing buttons. Don't push my buttons. Mm-mm. Don't pu- push my buttons, man. Stop it. I have now. two two words for you, Tommy. Shut up. No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Here come two no. words for you. My two words today are Chappelle Show, Chappelle Show. Oh, my God. Ow, Chappelle Show, Chappelle Show. I'm telling you, Timmy, and I'm very serious about this. (laughs) I still think that one with Chris Rock and Will Smith was fake, and look what it's inspired now. Yep. Look look what happened because they allowed that to go on. Disgusting. The floodgates are open. They are. Here it comes. But unlike Will Smith... This guy paid the price. Well, yeah, he did, but I, understand. I haven't seen the whole thing. I saw him being taken away in like a wheelchair or something. Oh, they smacked the crap out of this guy. Good. He deserved Apparently well, I Jamie mean, Foxx got in there and you know, opened a can of whoop-ass on him. So that's at least what it specifically happened? Well, he was doing this Netflix is a joke comedy festival with a bunch of different comedians, and suddenly... Uh, this guy got, again, how do they get on stage? How does this happen? But he got on stage and tried to tackle Chappelle. He did tackle Chappelle. He did tackle him. Yeah. It's hard to tell because you're, you're catching little clips here and there. Yes. Right. Um, but you got to remember Dave Chappelle is, he's a big fella. Mm -hmm. I mean, he used to be tall and lanky. He used to be more of a beanpole. Now the guy is built. So you don't take Dave Chappelle down that easily. No. Um, so depending on the reports you hear, there was this gun. The guy had like a gun-like weapon that could it could shoot like knife blades, but it right. didn't what? go off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not, he's not I mean, making it up. Crazy. I didn't know Dave Chappelle was in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and uh, so they said... It says NBC Los Angeles. I'm going by the Hollywood Reporter because everybody's just pulling in whatever they can because not a lot of people, at least close to the stage, caught this because um, they – I didn't know this. There's some sort of technology that will allow you to keep your phones, but you can't shoot video or something like that. But there were still people that somehow managed to – tape it so you got this thing coming together piecemeal where you know somebody clearly in a balcony far far away is capturing this and basically what you see is a bunch of scurrying ants you know the figures are so tiny but the great part about this is and this is really all you need is audio (laughs) and you know the way Dave Chappelle reacted to this it's just like classic Chappelle. This guy is clearly, I don't think, I don't think there's, you know, it's hard to say greatest of all time because you got people like Richard Pryor right. and Rodney and go down the line, you know, Lenny Bruce, whoever, but of modern day comedians, nobody touches Chappelle. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Apparently what he had was a replica handgun with a knife blade embedded in it. So it wasn't actually a real gun; like it was a, a replica. But yeah, it basically it was a fake gun with a real bayonet, basically. Oh. God, what is that? What is? Yeah, what? The ro- well, how do you how do you get again? You got security. How do you get it? You know, unless they got. I know. Maybe maybe if it's a plastic gun concealing a blade, maybe somehow that doesn't. If they got metal detectors, that doesn't pick it up. But the blade would be metal, so. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. You know, what could possibly surround the blade to not make the detector go off? I mean, because they get your car. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I don't think it is either. You have to surround it in something that can absorb a magnetic field, and really the only thing that can do that would be metal, so. Yeah, so so so, how does it happen? And and so that's that's number one. That's question number one. Number two, how the hell did he get on stage? So yeah, quickly? that is the good question, isn't it? Yeah, because clearly, I mean, say what you will, Tom. I I'm still on the side of the the Oscars thing was real, and not judging by the slap, just judging by to me. And I've said this all along, the way Will Smith lost his shit was to me made it completely clear that this guy is unhinged and this wasn't a bit but again the slap thing who knows maybe it was concocted and it just went terribly wrong 
who knows? But this clearly was not no, concocted. This was not. I concocted. mean, nobody plans on that. This guy, I don't. He, I, I don't think he figured it was going to happen. But uh, he got his ass handed to him. You know. Yep. Now the interesting thing is, is that okay? So you got again. You can't really tell because it seems like a bunch of people gathering around him, probably kicking his ass. Is this guy in this climate, in this world we live in, gonna turn around and sue those people who kicked his ass? I don't think. I can so. see it coming, man. Oh, he'll he'll try, but it ain't gonna work. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a claim without merit, as Michael Bryant, you know, would argue. He would know more about this stuff than me. But um, yeah, yeah, the 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 uh, comedians and security or whoever. I mean, it's crazy video. You, have you seen any of the video at oh, all? Oh, yeah, I've seen the whole video, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, just looking at it. That is... Yeah, there's a, a video of him being loaded into the gurney, and the his attacker. arm is very clearly oh, broken at the elbow. Oh, his arm is very broken. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> oh, much broken. It's, it's scary looking. Oops. Maybe Looks like maybe again. his shoulder's displaced. Okay. Oh, that's a nasty. I can't look at that. Okay. There's a yeah. video of the so, actual tackle. I think I can play the audio here. History. <laughs> Oh, that's History. not great that audio. Is, no. But basically that sound that you hear is the guy slamming into Dave Chappelle. Oh. Uh, he, like, tackled him. The weird thing is, okay, so he had a bayonet, but instead he went for a tackle, which yeah. makes me wonder. Because he cl- he could have stabbed Dave Chappelle if he wanted to. So is it yes. fake again, you think? Yes. I don't know. Because the guy, I mean, the guy is very, very clearly... Isaiah Lee is his name. 23 years old. I don't think anyone would agree to have that kind of damage done to them for publicity. I mean, unless Dave Chappelle was like, you know, okay, uh, you're going to get your ass kicked, but I'll give you a million bucks or something like that. Which, that I could see. Chris Rock had the line of the night. What did he say? He walked out on stage and said, was that Will Smith? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, um... This will help a lot, Andy. I, I sent you in email a Variety article that mm-hmm. has all the great in, uh, video embedded. So you get all the great lines from Chappelle and everything. Um, so, uh, the, yeah. It, it, but, again, it, it, it's entertaining for us, et cetera. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a train wreck that we've witnessed, right? It's just one of these stranger-than-fiction sorts of things that – before the slap, we never could have thought happened. But again, Tommy, that whole deal with the Oscars that opened a can of worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, that's I mean, exactly what we said would happen. We said that people would start attacking comedians on yep, stage. And yep. look at that. What, what's it been, a month? And it's already ha- starting to happen? And, it, and, and, and the highest profile comedian out there. No yeah, doubt. On no top doubt. of it. That's crazy. You know, the whole thing is just amazing. Well, look, uh, let me say this again. This was what started it all, and it's going to get worse now that there's been two of them. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's mm-hmm. going to think they can do it. If I Again, I, I did security when I was in my early 20s, mid-20s, something like that. Whoever didn't post a man at the bottom of that staircase should never work again. The, in the, this is talk, I'm talking about the Chris Rock one. Why you just let a stairway stand there unguarded, I will never, ever understand unless it was fake. Well, it just kind of goes to show that, you know, I guess it's assumption. Okay. And one of the greatest lines, and and I try not to swear on the podcast because obviously I'm on live radio with you, Tom, and everything. Right, right. If I get in the the habit of swearing, then I'm going to drop it on live radio. So I try not to, but here I have to say it. The best uh, interview uh, line I got from anybody, and this was long before he was a big star. It was right after American Psycho. Christian Bale, I I said to Christian Bale, "Uh, do you assume that? And then I said, I stopped. I said, wait, I I shouldn't say assume. You should never assume. He goes, yeah, you're right. Assumption is the mother of all fuck ups. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's not what I remember, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it was—it's so true. I think about that all the time. It's just like, don't ever assume right. anything. So, I am sure, making a very, very short story long, um, I think the Academy assumed that nothing that outrageous could have ever happened. Okay, I, I just think that they—that's why they were so lax. <laughs> It's like you're, you're, you got a bunch of Hollywood muckety mucks there. What did what are they yeah. gonna do? Yeah. I just think they assume that yep. 
there is no way in hell that anybody is going to go up on stage and do such a thing, especially a guy like Will Smith. So that's that's why I think that the stairway was open and there was somebody stationed there. And and, and it would be interesting to see. you got to believe there's more video out there. You would think, yeah. Even if there was somebody stationed there, it would be interesting interesting to see the guy just walk by the security guard. You know, see Will Smith just walk by him. Because you got to believe that's what he did. Well, I mean, he when blew I blew off everybody and just walked right up there. When I did it back in the back in the day, like I said, it might have been, you know, forty five years ago. <laughs> but I literally was told that when the head guy comes over, he goes, "Tom, here's what you're going to do," and uh, I want you to know something. And if you don't keep this area secure, you will never work for us again. That's they will tell you right up front. You let something happen, that's on you. It's not on us. It's on you, and you need to understand that. When you're doing security, it is your job to do security. And somebody mm-hmm. dropped the ball huge. No doubt about it. Well, well I, just I, a couple I, years ago. Oh, sorry, Kathy. So, well, I just think, I mean, it's hard to believe that people can be that unhinged. I agree. At a show that I everybody agree. has to have an invitation. Everybody's famous. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just mind-boggling that he went up there and did what he did it's yeah. it, I know. it really shouldn't i guess we just have to assume that everybody is just so violent and crazy now that you can't yeah, take true. any chances that is true never assume Catherine. Yeah. never assume mm-hmm. no but you know what just it's funny just a couple of years ago the academy's biggest worry was about the guy from price waterhouse and cooper's not mixing up the envelopes right, and embarrass them. <laughs> right so exactly. that was their biggest worry mm-hmm. and now it's like you know what that envelope fiasco uh, fiasco is gone and forgotten yeah that's that's a nothing problem compared to this so now you're you gotta believe that next year when they get this shit show prepared <laughs> <laughs> they're going to make the public very aware that we've amped security up and da 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 da. Oh yeah. Because it really has, you know. Look, when you have the one of the biggest stars on earth doing what he did, whether it's a bit or not, um, it it turned into a shit show. Yep. I'm sorry. You know, the, everybody gets all well. The Academy. It's the most high profile event, and it's about decorum and all that. All that stuff went right out the window. You know, so so uh, yeah, it's funny how things change. Yeah, their biggest problem a couple of years ago was announcing La La Land winning over uh, Moon Moonlight. Oh, whatever. that's right. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, right. that was their that. biggest problem, and uh, now that's that's nothing. That's 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 kids stuff, you know. So, well, yeah. look, what they're going to need to do is you post a guy on uh, both sides of the. The, the stage at the staircase and then put a guy about every 10 feet right in front of the stage. You cannot allow anybody to get anywhere near know, that stage. I know, what are the optics like then, yeah. you know? And it's too bad so because it's going to get worse. Are you talking with the Oscars or just all shows like this? All shows. This is going to happen everywhere now that it's happened yes, twice. It is. I guarantee you some nobody's going to try to get in the yep. news by rushing the stage at every award show from now on. Well, uh, Catherine and Tommy, I'm going to take you down memory lane. Back in the day when I actually had hearing, and I went to rock and and I actually went to rock and roll concerts. Do you remember those big sons of bitches that wore those Asia security T-shirts? You got it, pal. Holy God! You knew that these are folks you do not mess with. I mean, no, it was were... every every one of those concerts, you know, it was I started going to concerts in the late 70s. And I think uh, the mid 80s was about the time that I hung it up after I uh, went to for those about to rock. We salute you. And they didn't tell Timmy that they were going to blow a cannon off at the uh, ACDC oh, concert God. And, and took my hearing away for three days. Oh, wow. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that was that was a part of that's. That's ingrained in my mind. These big guys wearing those Asia security T-shirts, and I call them some bitches. I, you know, no disrespect. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm marveling at your size here. These dudes were like stacked. Oh and yes. Where are those dudes now? I mean, what, again, at at something as high profile 
as a Netflix comedy thing with some of the biggest comedians in the business, and you allow a guy to rush, not only rush the stage, but damn near tackle or tackle Dave Chappelle. Yep. It's unbelievable this is happening. But, again, I'm telling you, it's going to get much worse before it gets better. Mm. Unless they step up and do security properly. Because these psychopaths, people are doing things now I thought I'd never see them do. Well, you know, the biggest, I think the people that are really in peril, and I hate to say it, and I don't even want to put the suggestion out there, but I think they already know. The comedy clubs. Oh, God, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, those are the folks. What the hell? And I know you talked to him, Tommy, and it might have been, I might have talked to him for the same documentary. Uh, Jamie Kennedy did uh, a documentary on hecklers. And he had video of some of the things uh, that happened with people heckling comedians at shows. Mm -hmm. And this kind of was from the standpoint of comedians losing their stuff on stage. I know one guy was playing guitar and, Somebody's heckling him so bad he took the guitar and did the El Cabong. Oh, I remember that. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great documentary, and I don't even I think it's called Hecklers, but Jamie Kennedy, uh, actor, but also a comedian. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, heckling is part of it, I guess. I mean, it's something that no comedian ever wants to face, I guess. But, again, you know, in this climate, Hecklers are taking things to that next level, it seems, or I don't know. Maybe it's beyond heckling. Who knows? I remember <clears throat> seeing a show with Louis Anderson when he was out in Vegas. He invited us to go see a show, and there were these three women that were just really drunk in the front row, <clears throat> right by him. I'm sorry. Alex, Brittany, and who? No. <laughs> No. And he was, you know, Louis Anderson couldn't be more mild-mannered. Right. You know, and he was so mad. He was not happy. Because they were just so disrespectful. I mean, you pay money to go see somebody, Mm -hmm. and then you just sit there acting like a drunk a-hole. Yeah, any comedy club uh, person will tell you a group of drunk women is the absolute worst. Oh, yeah. I know. I don't know why. Because they're shill and they have no filter. Where they were in their penis hats. I know. No, no, it was older women. It wasn't like it was older women. I remember he kept on talking to them. He's like, hey, you know what? Are you here for the show? You you know, am I doing something wrong? Can I help you out? Can I can I get you some food? Can I buy you something? Can I, you know, he kept on kind of like he started trying to be nice to them, and then by the time it was, he's like, "I'm sorry, you're going to have to go. You have to go." Yeah, you got to go. That's all there is to it. One of my favorite uh, stories of all time, though, is a few years ago, Andy Kindler was in town, and Andy's been a friend for many, many years. He might be the only comedian <coughs> friend, along with Cesario, that I have left. All the rest of them are dead, for yeah. Christ's sake. But Andy, we we went to dinner with Andy. And we're sitting there watching the show, and there's this guy right next to the stage at Acme. Right next to the stage. And he's drunk as hell, and he's heckling the piss out of Andy Kindler. (sighs) So Andy is looking around the room for me, just in case the guy charged the stage. He wanted me to come up and help him, right? So he's looking around for me, looking around for me. Well, the guy sees him looking for me, and he finally, Andy and I make eye contact. Well, the guy sees that, so he looks over at me. Only he uh, he calmed down right away because uh, he noticed sitting next to me was Fitz, who was six six, weighs about three forty. That was the end of the heckling. <laughs> I will tell you that <laughs> this guy did not want to tangle with Fitz. I can I can promise you that one. Well, I just think that comedy clubs are going to have to get Fitzes. You know, like figures <clears throat> to 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 basically just stand there for intimidation. You yep. know. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's uh, now Tevin doesn't work at comedy clubs anymore, does he? Nope. No, he works at Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Yes, oh, awesome. Big you know, shot. You know, it's so great. I, I, I love Tevin. And I, I haven't, I know. you know, we exchange messages once in a great while on Facebook, but I would be curious to hear about, well, I, I just think it was a different time. Yeah. And it, it was only a few yeah. years ago, oh. but a different yep. time where you never would have suspected somebody doing, uh, yeah, heckling, yes, but. Um, going up on stage no. is that something that anybody could have even fathomed well i worked then? at the house of comedy for a few months probably like 10 years ago at this point if not more 
Uh, and yeah, no, we didn't really have any contingencies for that kind of thing because we just didn't expect it to happen, and it never did. There was no like, oh yeah, we got a guy with a gun in the other room waiting for someone to attack the stage. We just didn't really think about it. It was like, yeah, if people get heckly and obnoxious, then you can tell them to leave, and if you need to, we can all come over and help. But yeah, there was no guard or anything. There was no one with a you know weapon. To you had Tevin, defend though, didn't you? The, no, I, that was well before Tevin. It was well before Tevin. Okay. Well, I mean, ten years ago, it was Tevin five years old. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, I think that basically they're going to have to go with the mindset of anything can happen now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, right. they're going to have to start hiring private security, which is going to cut into their margins. But well, there you what go. Can you do? That's what that's what sucks about the, the yep. you know businesses are still suffering the way it is. Why do you have to do this? And again, again, it extends from one thing. I don't know. Should we blame it all on, on Will Smith? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. Well, he it didn't help things along. It certainly didn't, and, and certainly happening during the most high-profile event for movies all year. Well, right. that's basically of all time. That's basically been the uh, the theme of the past couple of years is if someone does something you like or some someone does something that you don't like, just get violent and it'll be solved. Yep. And yeah. that's what people are doing. Well, They're just getting more and more violent because people kowtow to violence. Yeah, it's true. Well, and, and not only that, Andy, you've got um, the situations like uh, what happened at the Oscars, but kids think it's funny to uh, tape on their phones to beat up old ladies yep. and stuff like that. And so they can post it to get likes. Well, that's funny. well they're going to think it's funny until they start getting shot. We oh, have to take God. a break here, but on the way out, I'll tell you this very quickly. Last uh, A week ago today, we're sitting here, and Dave usually sits just to my right. I sit at the back of the room, and Dave's, Dave Schrader sits to my right. Same place that Ralph Basham sits, you know, the whole deal. It was so cool because I'm looking at Dave Schrader, and his face turns a ghostly white. And, I, and he's looking over at the door, so I look at the door, and all I see is a very large handgun on a very large man. It was Officer Dave. He just opened the door and came in. I thought Schrader was going to have a heart attack. Then he realized he was a cop, so that was better. But have, have you ever met Officer Dave in person? No, I have not. I've, I've spoken with him a few times on the podcast here. <clears throat> he is... What was he, 6'4", and weighs, what did he say, 320? He's a big guy. Know, something like that. But, I mean, you talk solid muscle. This guy, I don't know if the guy's got an ounce of fat on him. It's, he's just extremely muscular, extremely large. And he walks in, he's got the billy club, and he's got the gun, and he's got the taser, and he's got the chest protector. He's got it all going, and Schrader looked like his world was about mm-hmm. to come to an end. <laughs> I hate to laugh, but, you know, we'll, well be right back. I, I just want to take this quick opportunity to, to say, Officer Dave, of course, you know that I, I support law enforcement, so I just want to keep in your good graces. Well, your dad, he got you covered. <laughs> He's got you covered. We will yeah, take a break. Be right back. More with Timmy Lammers right after this. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in 
quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like suburban manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business felt? We certainly hope so, Tommy. And that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I tried to rush the stage to get after Tim Lammers, then I realized he's not even here. So there you go. You know, my wife says, you know, you got to go into and join them in studio one of these times. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, you can rush me all you want when I do time. Rush, rushing Timmy Lammers. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. All five foot eight of me and that big ass stomach I got uh, hanging out. You don't have a you big ass get past stomach. That. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. He goes, yeah, um, I do. But I don't care. See, that's my superpower. I don't give a, that's you know, good. I don't care. Um, but I, I wanted to say, you know, I had such a blast on Monday night. Mike Bryant went with me to the Doctor Strange in the uh, Multiverse of Madness screening. Oh, my God. And, uh, you kids. Such a blast. Such a blast hanging out with him again. It's just weird because we mainly text each other. Right. And we text each other a lot. So, you know, to, to be in the same space was pretty cool. Um, but we went, uh, had some time to have some pizza upstairs at the Icon before we went to the movie. And uh, he and I, we, we cannot say enough about the offer. Oh, my God. And is that a good show? Mm-hmm. I, Catherine I, loves I it. I think at that point, um, as far as Monday was uh, concern i think that you both catherine and you both have screened only one episode or are you further along two two no i think maybe. Yeah. yeah two is it the most phenomenal series or what i, I was when tom started talking about it i'm like oh not the godfather <laughs> no anything no. but that oh i'm over the godfather <laughs> oh but then the he, backbiting back and forth backstabbing and yeah. the fights with the studio the fights with gulf western uh um, it is it is such an incredible story i am so thrilled yeah. because obviously you do there are they, they're nods to the movie all over the place. I mean, they start yeah. the thing with, hey, leave the, take a cannoli. What was it? Leave that cannoli or something. <laughs> leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, leave the gun, yeah, take yeah. the cannoli. But there was somebody who was grabbing a cannoli. There was this Italian street festival going on in the street. So, oh, I mean, there, yes. Immediately yeah. there's That's a nod. Right. That's at the very beginning, yep. But I cannot, I, so, so have you seen, there are so many great actors to talk about, but have you seen the guy who plays Pacino yet? No, not yet. No, mm-mm. Okay, so that must be the third episode. Unbelievable. I mean, it is so unbelievable. Oh, really? But, but, you know, just right now with the guy who plays Coppola, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Phenomenal. played by Dan, Dan Folger. Yeah. Well, Mario he's, Puzo's characters, who is that guy? I've seen know. him he's a million great. times. He's, he's crazy. He's, he's been he's... in a lot of movies, including the, a lot of mob movies. <laughs> he was in The Irishman. Patrick Gallo is his name. He's, he's sitting there. He's floating around in the pool eating rigatoni out of his... <laughs> Of his stomach. Stomach. <laughs> and his wife calls. His wife calls because he's got diabetes type. Two. I know. Man, and you he have says, to promise. Tell her I'm having a salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, there are just so many wonderful little things like that in it's there. true. That just take the series to an entirely new level. Well, but I'm telling you, this guy who plays Robert Evans. Oh, phen- phenomenal. Yeah. Perfect. And, and I, I can't imagine anybody seeing, and here's here's the thing that sucks for, there's a movie called Francis and the Godfather, an HBO film that is, I don't know if it's in development or whatever, but Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play Robert Evans. You, you know what? I would take one look at, at, at Matthew Good, who plays Robert Evans, and say, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah You're not going to match this guy. 
Well, you and just for, will not match this guy. For people like me who aren't, you know, who haven't watched The Godfather obsessively 30, 40 times, like right. somebody I know. Like Andy, really? You've watched it that I, many times? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get the references because I saw the movie once a million years ago. You know, I'm not uh-huh. going to get all these little mm-hmm. cannoli references and things. Right. So it, but, and it's still good. You don't have to have that. Oh, God, is it good. It to is enjoy incredibly, it. Incredibly, incredibly You know good. what it really makes me hope for? Because, and I think that this is probably what you guys love about the series as well. Um, you know, it could be strictly about The Godfather, but no, they take um, Al Ruddy's career from the beginning. Yep. You know, he was with Rand Corporation, uh, and, and then he became a producer, pitched Hogan's Heroes, I mean, crazy, uh, to Paramount. They picked it up. Aired on CBS. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But Hogan then he Zero. tried to get his first movie done, and he went to the set of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Phenomenal. Where wasn't that the greatest? So they show them just you know, in, in the course of movie making, they show Butch and you know a guy presumed to be Redford and and obviously uh, presumed to be Newman, and then there's a guy who actually plays Redford who comes over and talks to him. So I think that's so cool. You got that going on. You got the thing going on with Ali McGraw. Uh-huh. And that's going to take on greater significance because Ali McGraw uh, coupled with uh, McQueen uh, and and screwed over Evans. <laughs> she, she I, I don't know. Maybe I'm telling you too much here. I just know all this history. Right. Um, but uh, Ali McGraw ended up with Steve McQueen. And Evans was none too happy because they were she, Evans um, got her into love story. Right. And they referenced that in the series. Um, but wouldn't it be cool to see more of these sorts of shows like Francis uh, trying to deal with Brando on, on Apocalypse Now? Oh, God, yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, there is a there is a documentary called Hearts of Darkness. About, oh, right. And that was a shit show. That movie was an entire, you know, talk about impossible to get made with The Godfather. Godfather has nothing on what happened with Apocalypse Now. Yeah, that's true. Um, So it would be so fascinating to see what would happen with other things like that. Other movies, Apocalypse Now, you know, other landmark films. I I am so fascinated by this stuff. It's just... You know, just wait till you. I'm a, you know, I, I got access to preview uh, so many episodes, so I'm up through five already. <laughs> so Pipe I'm just down. telling you, wait till, wait till you get further. It just gets better and better and better as it goes along. You know, Timmy, I will tell you one thing about uh, Robert Evans. He did his homework. He's a very, very smart guy because we had him on about three times, I think, way, mm. way back in the day at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show. Well, that was about five years ago. It was about 30 years ago, 32 years ago, something like that. But he did his homework, and from the very first time I ever interviewed him on the phone, he had done his homework, and I go, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very special guest, Robert Evans. He goes, Tommy B., how you doing, man? He always <laughs> called me Tommy B. Because he did his homework. That was my nickname, and he loved to call me Tommy B. I think it was hilarious. Oh, that is so awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah, I mean, he... There's if for people that want to familiar familiarize yourself with Robert Evans, I think it came from a book first. I think he wrote a memoir called "Kids." The kid stays in the picture. The kid stays in the picture. And then yep. they made it into a documentary. And the closest I got to talking with him, and this is why I don't do this very often, they had a phone conference with him. So you know, of course, nobody just kind of like radio. People going too long with interviews and they cut into your time. Right. Well, on these phone conferences, you got some a-hole who's only supposed to ask one question, but keeps going and going and going. So I don't even know if I got a question. I can't even remember. So that's the closest I had uh, an opportunity to talking with him. But, you know, one thing I warned last week when we were talking on KQ about this was people, critics, that don't do their homework. Again, it's about doing your homework. Yes. They might criticize Matthew Good for being too animated and too beboppy da 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 hey babe and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> but if you if you do your homework and you see a documentary like The Kid Says in a Picture, this is exactly the way that guy was. Yep. You're right. I mean, he was a larger than life movie mogul that I mean, he really, be, all the mannerisms, all that sort of stuff, 
and again, Tom, that's so cool that you, you mentioned that story about him. Hey, Tommy, being all that, because that's the sort of guy he oh, was. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. So that must be just thrilling for you to watch this guy, this Matthew Good. What a hell of an actor he is. Yeah, Everybody's you know, great in it. Yeah. There, I think there are only four people in life that I never got a chance to interview, and unfortunately they're all dead now, so I never will get the chance. But I pretty much interviewed everybody else there is. But never Marlon Brando, Jackie Gleason, Lucille Ball, and there was one more. I can't remember who else it is. But well, I, I know was, you talked to Peter Falk. I actually talked oh to him. Oh, my God. And, uh, was he great. Him and um, uh, what's his name? The, the guy that uh, I'm mad about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Yep. Yeah. When they came into town for that, uh, the thing about my folks. Well, I told you what Peter Falk said And it was over the phone, unfortunately. I should have gone in for that. I, I think my wife was sick or something. We switched it to phone at the last minute. But I still talked with Peter Falk, you know. I mean. Yep. Jesus, I mean, how crazy is that, you know? It's, uh, and what, I tell you, one that I just, and it was getting to the, to the point in my mind where I'm thinking, did I really talk with him? Because I know. I have, yeah, I you have, do that. That's true. I have um, cassette tapes, and I posted a deal on Facebook. I finally found this big plastic tub of cassette tapes um, of people I've interviewed and I found it, and I thought, thank God, because I thought I was losing my mind. I talked to Val Kilmer a couple times. One was kind of like terrific. a press conference sort of thing, but the other time was a phone interview. So it's like, God dang it, I am so lucky to have had that opportunity because, you know, you both you and I, Tom, and I don't know who else holds Val Kilmer in such high regard. Oh, what a great actor. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, unfortunately, I... I was too young for the Brando thing. and Yeah, me too. But you know what? What's kind of cool is how Patrick Gallo, I mean, Mario Puzo, he wrote a letter <laughs> Love him. to Brando to get him interested. And Brando responds eventually, and that's how he gets involved. Um, so, so I will tell you that episode four, you will meet Brando. Um, oh, that ought to be good. And so, yeah, that's going to be the tough one because the guy with the place Pacino is, he's a clone. I mean, there are so many people in the show that are clones. Yeah, because Robert Evans is right on the money. And, and, and Coppola is. And Coppola, definitely. Oh, my God, he looks just like Coppola. And, and, and uh, I, I, I honestly, I've never, Al Ruddy is still alive. 92.5, I think. Is Tommy. he really? That's wonderful. Yeah, and uh, he just produced a picture. I thought he actually produced The Irishman. I don't know. I, I'd have to look that up. But, yeah, he's, he's very much around. Um, but, so I, but I never really had reference to him. So, um, yeah, I will tell you that the guy that plays Brando looks a lot like him. But I just don't know if anybody could ever capture that essence. Of well, yeah, he was so bizarre. He was such a bizarre human being. It'd be tough to capture that. But I did send you uh, and Mike Bryant. Uh, um, I don't know if you get, get a chance to look at it. If you, it's over email. There's a great story uh, that Francis Ford Coppola tells. It's a YouTube link about how he got Brando in The Godfather. Oh, really? It's so amazing. It's so amazing. And, and I will only say that it involves the guy, another great actor, Bern Gorman, playing uh, uh, the guy that runs Gulf Western, uh, Charlie Bluthorn. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what an entertaining character he is. And he's Viennese. So th that whole accent, all that sort of stuff, that's all. And the way Francis kind of um, mimics the accent in this video that I sent you is like, Charlie Bloodhorn, uh, Bern Gorman is in the show. It is, it, you know, I, again, I was afraid last week reviewing it on KQ. It's like, I'm too much of a Godfather fanboy. I may be hyping this too much for you guys. Oh, not, no, not at all. <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, man. <clears throat> Timmy, so I got to tell you a quick story. One of the things that I love about doing the show now with Catherine here and Andy here and Alex is usually here. The kid's sick today, so she's not in today, but what I love, Andy, you'll remember this, but it was such a, a wonderful moment for me as your father. You know how people get starstruck? You know, somebody comes in and they go, mm -hmm. oh, my God, that's really that guy. The most starstruck I ever saw my son Andy 
was when Gex was in studio. Dana Gould. <laughs> you got so excited when you found out Dana Gould did the voice of Gex. That, that was phenomenal it's to a watch, very Andy. weird thing to encounter. <laughs> it was weird. All of a sudden he finds out, oh my God, mm-hmm. Dana Gould's the voice of Gex. I don't know. When we had uh, Billy West on, yeah, uh, that's Rob true. Paulson, yep. all of those old voice actors, well, not old, but like, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s voice yeah. actors. Yep. And you those guys are what have I done, grew up with. Yep. Top with Tom Kinney, haven't you? Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, yeah Tom Andy, Kinney, Andy, Andy was, was just grinning when he was mm-hmm. when we were talking about SpongeBob, yeah. baby. SpongeBob. He, uh, yeah, I, I talked to him once, and I, you know what? I think I almost, I think I might have mentioned the podcast to him. Oh yeah, probably. Um, but uh, yeah, because he's obviously been in Minneapolis a lot. I, I know he was in for some SpongeBob thing at the Mall of America. Well, probably a few the movie years ago now. Yeah, but yeah, I talked to him for one of the SpongeBob movies. But God, what an interesting guy and just a regular guy. He was just on our nice show guy. on episode seventy-three, uh, wow. November twenty twelve. So one of the oh, earliest thought, ones. Yeah, I thought he was Coming on a couple on of times. Years. Wasn't he on a couple of times? Yeah, I don't yeah, think he, so. yeah, no, he was. He was on a couple of times. Hmm. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there are just so many talented people out there, and and you know, it's fun. You, you know, obviously, you don't become as starstruck. As you used to, but it, again, it, it all depends on what you like and what affects your life right. the most, etc. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I probably the most starstruck. I and this is really at the very, very beginning of my career. Um, I met Eastwood at the Walker Art Center. God, I never met him. I bet that was Holy something else. God, huh? is that guy larger than life? That's what I hear. What's that? I said that's what I hear, that he's just a terrific oh, oh guy. God, yeah. and he just, just And such of a nice guy. Yep. Oh, my God. It was so cool. So, you know, Meryl Streep, uh, she was in town for Garrison Keillor's thing, uh, movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And, and so, you know, that, that was weird. And then, you know, and, and, and I know I'm glad that you've, you've been able to talk. You talked with Garrison a couple times, right, Tom? Yeah. Just over yeah. the phone? Yes, sir. Matter of fact, I so, should probably get him on the podcast. Wouldn't be the worst yeah. idea. So that that was pretty cool too. I mean, you know, it's so once in a while. I because I've generally done most of my stuff by phone uh, over the years, and now it's a lot more. It's like Zoom and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yep. Which is kind of cool because now you can see the people when you're talking to them. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool when you get to meet somebody that just to say, hey, look, it's all about this. This is what I preach. It's all about positive influence. It's these people that make you happy. You know? Yeah, well, absolutely. You just got to embrace that. Just be happy, you know? you know? And I think maybe that's why I'm such a fanboy and such of a goofy bastard that, you know. It's <laughs> I'm like, a goofy bastard. I got a pinball bastard. I'm talking about this subject one minute and this subject the, the next. But it, it's, it's so much fun. It's so exciting. You know, it, it is. it's the stuff that makes me happy. And, and honest to God, um, watching the news, I, I, I pray to... Uh, Pray to God every night. I said, thank you for not making me interested in being a news reporter. Thank God I'm in the, the fluff area <laughs> with the movies and stuff because I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. I, you know, I'm in the business of uh, reporting on things that make people happy, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the, the greatest blessing of all, really. So, yeah. I mean, you know, grateful, what, man. you know what I love the most about that? You got, you got me thinking about all this stuff now, looking all the way back and all the people that have come in and been on the show and all the rest of it. Um, you know, Peter Falk obviously was one of the greats of all time, and that was such an honor. He gave me a hug and whispered into my ear when he left the studio. He goes, kid, what are you doing in Minneapolis? Thought, what a nice <laughs> thing to awesome. say. It was a very I, – yeah. look, I'm from here, so that's why I'm here. But, but it was such a nice – but talking to Jane Fonda face-to-face for an hour uh-huh. that one day – Beautiful woman, supremely talented woman, but you can feel her sadness, and it's really unfortunate. Really? This beautiful, talented, wealthy, well-known. She has it all, but her asshole father made her so miserable. To this day, she still has an uneasy feeling, and you can just you pick up on it immediately. Well, you know, I have to divulge to you, Tom. It's because I heard Jane Fonda on the KQ Morning Show that I picked up the phone and got a hold of the publicity firm for, I don't know, Random House or whatever, the book she was writing. Yeah. 
And uh, I got a 10-minute phone interview with her because of that. Oh, really? I wasn't even aware. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't so she sweet? Thank you for that conversation because it led to me having a short conversation with her. But I, I know we're almost out of time here, but I want to point out one minutes. more thing. Um, you know, again, it's about what makes you happy. I am completely nutso for the Evil Dead movie series, <laughs> uh, for, for Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. Um, you got Bruce Campbell. Uh, you got Sam Raimi and, you know, are they the biggest stars and directors in the world? No, but that stuff has, they, they, they're just so insanely funny what they've done with the movies since Evil Dead 2, uh, that I started interviewing Sam 25 years ago. Uh, he did a movie in Minneapolis, Minnesota called The Simple Plan. Oh yeah. Uh, got sure. a hold of him for that. This is how cool Sam Raimi is. I sent a, a fax to the production office. He wrote a letter back to me saying he couldn't do the interview. Who does that? <laughs> and he signed it. That's wow. phenomenal. He, he sent me a letter to say, I regret to, you know, I'm really busy with post-production on a simple plan. I can't talk with you for this and this, you know. But he wrote me a letter to say he couldn't do the interview. <laughs> so, but I did eventually get to interview him for the film and, you know, about a half a dozen times after that. And then uh, last weekend, I did a Zoom interview with him for Doctor Strange. And it's kind of like, that was one, another one of those wow moments. I reminded him about how I used to bug him. He, back in those days, I'd call his office and his assistant would get him on the phone for me that same day. You know, now it's like a labyrinth of all these different people you got to go through. To right. Do. And you'll be lucky if you get an interview with them. But I was like, wow, this is this is really crazy here. A quarter century century later, we're sitting here talking. And, and I am just as thrilled about doing it today as I was then. And here's the best part. He's just he's exactly the same guys he was way back then. Now, this is a guy that made the blockbuster spider-man trilogy you know he's, mm -hmm. he's he's a big time director but he's exactly the same guy he's that hard-working michigan boy him and bruce campbell you know midwest work right. ethic yep same guys campbell too same guys every time you talk to him and to me that's that's the most fun because kind of like i you, you kind of see a little bit of yourself in them because they're, they're real you know they come from where we come from and their head's in the right place, and they've they never been talky. They've never been arrogant. They're just happy to be doing what they're doing. So that, that to me, is probably the biggest thrill that I've experienced in this business, is that when you, when you see people like that come from where you're from and not only make it but remain the same people that they are all those years ago. I love it, Timmy. Great report today, Pally. Lots of fun, man. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, not Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, I will have a review on the queue on Thursday and a special rating on the Bryantometer for the film. <laughs> oh, the Bryantometer. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I blabbed as much as I usually do today. No, no. It's we so loved much it. fun talking about this stuff. Yep. Again, it it, you know, it, I love it. I love it. And I love the opportunity of being on with you guys every week. We like it too, Timmy. You're a, you're a good guy. We love having you on, and we look forward to talking to you Thursday on the show, tomorrow on the show, and then next Tuesday on this show. Oh, my God. That's right. That's right. Okay, very good. All right, Andy and Catherine, have a great week. Tommy, we'll talk in the morning. Thanks, Timmy. You too. Bye. Bye. Tim Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a break. Mark Marinaccio will join us. A new season of Secrets at Skinwalker Ranch on the History Channel. Uh, matter of fact, it just premiered uh, last night. Looking at it, yeah. It premiered last night, so we'll talk to Mark Marinaccio coming up in the next segment with the family.